Welcome to podcast number 15. I'm talking to Matthew Birch in New Zealand. He and his son have both done a program about 13 years ago with me in Sydney. And I'll have to hear years down the track. What has changed? How are they traveling? What's different? And how do they see dyslexia now so that someone else can get um, an insight and know what is possible? how much potential there is and how brilliant you really are. Clinton, and I'm really, really happy that you're here and give me that opportunity to discuss Henry, a lovely son who was only eight and a half when we worked in 2006. So it's been really a long journey and I'd love to know your perspective. What made you come to Australia to do that course for yourself and for Henry? for two weeks and what have you experienced since and where is Henry at at the moment? So one step at a time, whenever you're ready. All right. Well, thanks, Barbara. Um, I would like to go back to the beginning because we were, uh, I suppose, very lucky that we happened to be living in Sydney and we met Barbara. And we met Barbara, I suppose, out of luck because her youngest son, Ben, and Henry are the same age and we're at school together. So, and in fact, it goes back to when they were little babies. So they've been friends ever since. And when we came back to New Zealand and, and, and also before that, I, I noticed that there was some interesting things with Henry because I'm dyslexic and I somehow managed to deal with it myself because in my day they just thought I was slow and stupid. Uh, Henry, uh, when he was quite young, very young, he, he learned he could write his name in a mirror image before he could write it the right way round. Wow. And That's a bit of a giveaway, isn't it? <laughs> what a skill to have. <laughs> Same and, as Leonardo. <laughs> yes, that's right. So, so he, he uh, I, I could, I could notice things just when we were reading and, uh, and, um, it wasn't going through the education system here. There were, there, we, we, we went to have him, went to a place called Kit McGrath, which was sort of maths and education coaching. And they gave him a little test uh, in the beginning and he had to look at a, a three-by-three two-dimensional square. So, you know, uh, just uh, nine blocks in a square. And he couldn't tell you how many tell the, the person how many blocks there were in that two-dimensional square. But then they showed him a three-dimensional one and he immediately said 27. And that actually the teacher freaked, <laughs> freaked out. She couldn't really believe it because he wasn't able to see in two dimensions, but in three dimensions, he was able to and immediately said 27. That's amazing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So... I suppose what we, he was then at a local school near our place and, um, and, and also he, he went to his, his teacher. I think he probably was about seven, maybe six or seven, I'm not sure, can't remember, but he went to his teacher and there were four mass streams in the mass groups and he was in the second to bottom or the bottom. And the top one was called the diamond group, obviously. And he went to the teacher and said, 
what do I have to do to get into Diamond? <laughs> the ambition and, was there, isn't it? <laughs> and the teacher said, oh, don't worry, Henry, you're doing fine. So we took him out of that school. Uh, we found another school and uh, they were they they were very good uh, but they didn't they they what they did which was quite interesting is they had special education sort of groups for every kid because they basically assumed that everyone could benefit so no one was sort of singled out as bit as being backward or anything like that but I don't think they really understood no one understood really how to deal with dyslexia and uh, I think in most governments around the world, the concept of dyslexia is something that uh, they don't want to deal with really because it's uh, expensive. And uh, as Barbara well knows, in fact, she was one who always said to me, and I totally agree, having done my first degree was in psychology and education, and I happen to, uh, I totally agree with her that the only thing that hasn't changed in the 100 or 200 years is our education system. So... Anyway, we, we uh, got talking to Barbara and cut a long story short, we went to, uh, as Barbara tells me, I couldn't remember when it was, but it was in 2006, and we did Barbara's uh, five-day intensive course. When I say we, I did it with Henry uh, because I actually needed help as well, and I, it, it was wonderful for me. So... Uh, that I was um, I was an old fella even then, and uh, there's never too late, I would say. Uh, Henry did the course first from nine till three every day, and then I did it second so he could help me. <laughs> and the 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 results really spoke for themselves. Uh, he when he came back, you know it. It was a quite. It was a lot of work. I mean, you know, because you have to go through the, all the two hundred odd, two hundred and ten or seventeen words that have no picture, and make scenes in clay. I, I, both Henry and I, I used to have to sing the alphabet song to find out where a letter was in an alphabet, and and after I did that, I never had to do that again. And Henry was the same, and. So when we came back, the when we first so when we first arrived there, his reading age was about eight, and I think he was about eight and a half, or it was basically half a year below his average. He's eight, so, but when we came back, and I don't remember how long it was, but it was in quite a short time, probably only twelve months. But he, the one thing that I remember, is that he got really quickly into reading. He actually read the whole of the Twilight trilogy. Um, which was just unbelievable uh, because it's, and he loved it. And he got, he, he started to read and he started to feel confident. And he then sort of, I suppose the thing is that when he got to through school and he was in secondary school, maths was, became an issue and account. But what, what we found was when he had coaching, extra coaching because in school they give you a uh, they just say you know the lazy way here's an exercise read it and do it well of course he was unable to do that and really get the idea but if it was explained to him and he understood the theory about it and what he he was fine so it actually just needed more time 
it was the same with accounting, which believe it or not, he did, which was quite amazing. But, you know, he found that he will never be a bookkeeper, a bookkeeper but he can read a balance sheet because it's a picture. Uh, and I found that myself uh, having, believe it or not, gone into banking. So um, I suppose really what the coaching did for Henry, you know, was in balance and the way he, the way he was, he, he was very good at sport, but he got even better because he was able to see the picture, see the big picture of the field. He, he played rugby, soccer, cricket, but he always seemed to know where to pass it and, and where the where people were because he he could see the whole field. It was quite amazing. So I I uh, <clears throat> I found with with the the course that Barbara did with with Henry. I mean, he's now at university. He's just about to finish his commerce degree in uh, majoring in marketing and uh, tourism with a minor in finance and. To start, it was, you know, he was uh, what we call a gentleman's C. He basically had a good time uh, and he had to, he worked hard, but not really hard enough. Uh, he changed his courses a few times. But I've always said to him, Henry, if you get a few A's at the end, no one cares what you did at the beginning. They just think you were a great guy and having a bit of fun. So he's done that. He's actually got quite a few A's in the end. And this year, I'm very proud because Barbara can remember, but he was vote. He was got a letter from the university. He was top student in in um, consumer behavior. Consumer behavior for his stage three final year course, uh, getting ninety four percent and a letter saying that he was the top student in the class and that he should consider graduate graduate work, yeah, which was yeah. just uh, fantastic. Yeah, it's a proud moment, isn't it? <laughs> it's making, it's making me uh, emotional because it's been a hell of a journey starting from the the time when you think there's something really wrong, but actually there's nothing wrong. In fact, um, he's turned out to be a very bright uh, and very and a great guy. Yeah. So that's yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a really, really good summary because um, I think it's for parents very important to know that what they see now is not a reflection of their intelligence. And I think that's often where their belief stops. You know, they look at it and they see, you know, I just looked at an essay that Henry wrote. And it was interesting because, you know, I just looked at it and I thought, wow, there was a lot and a lot of mistakes. And people look at that and they think, oh, wow, this is, this is the level my child will end up struggling. And they don't realize that this is only a, a tiny part of a brain that has got trouble to process in an auditory way and listens and spells in the way they hear or writes in the simplest way simply because it doesn't doesn't mean they have to use complicated vocabulary because they wouldn't know how to spell it, not because they think in a simple way. It's quite the opposite. They have a very, very creative, beautiful mind. And often the expression of it is not, is not um, in relationship to what they're thinking or where they're at. And I think that's really important to know that the potential comes out once they stop struggling and once they can get their thoughts together and once they have that, um, they open that lid and they can really, really show what's inside their head that they 
find often really hard to express in speaking and in writing because there is almost too much there. And people look at their outcome and say, oh, there's not much there. And I think that's very, very important to hear from the other side how um, the process you know, looks from the other side, where you have been and where, how far Henry and so many others have come. And I think that's why I want to do this podcast to see, you know, these kids have any, the potential like everybody else, if not more, because in a picture there is so much more information and there's so much more creativity that just needs to be bundled in a way that makes sense or that they can bring out what's already there or what they can then develop further. So I think it's fantastic. And I'm really, really so excited about Henry's um, ex excellent results. What are his plans now? Uh, just before you go, I wanted to just add one thing, which is quite a similar story to Keanu. Uh, Henry, in his, I think it was his second to last year, he got very interested in creative writing. Mm -hmm. and he was, uh, he won a prize at school for creative writing. And when he got to university, we had to sort of, he was, he, he uses a lot of, he's, he, he doesn't seem to have trouble spelling anymore, quite frankly, not like I do. I, I thank God for spell check. In fact, sometimes spell check can't even recognize what I'm trying to spell. But uh, uh, he doesn't seem to have those kind of issues. Maybe it's just because he has spell check. But he's very seems to be quite good at writing. Uh, and to answer, I suppose, your second question is he he's got an internship. Hopefully, he's applied, and they they've he's worked at this place before, which is a a Māori investment company, uh, which deals with Māori land and trusts and property, and and he's worked there in the holidays, and they really liked him, so they've asked him to apply for a one-year internship there, uh, which starts in uh, February. Mm, what would be his role there? Uh, it's really just uh, learning everything about um, about the investment market, about maridom, about land. Um, so it's, it's, it's called, a place called Tutumupairoa, which is a, um, is a company that is used to be the Maori trustees. So essentially it looks after all of the Maori land that isn't, that is, and it, it, I mean, Debbie, my wife would explain it a lot better because, but, so he will be looking at property investment there. He will be learning all about trusts and learning about uh, um, Maoridom, learning about Maori land and the whole concept behind it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's a it's an internship that will give him quite a good background. Uh, mm -hmm. He also incidentally had an interview, a, a chat with, this is a funny story actually, with an investment banker. Not that he's going to become a banker because he's gone the other way. He's doing marketing and tourism, but it doesn't matter. But the point is that a few years ago, he had an interview with a senior investment banker who was a friend of mine, well, who was a client really rather than a friend. And I said to him one day, I said, you know, I don't really want to be cheeky, but would you mind having a chat to my son about what he, you know, what's what you do and what the things that might be available to him? Anyway, Henry went along and he said to Henry, um, I've only got half an hour, but let's have a chat. 
And about an hour and 15 minutes later, he said, oh, my God, I'm 45 minutes late for my meeting. <laughs> so, 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 And he rang me and he said, look, I'd love to talk to him because he's really a very smart guy and he's great to talk to. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. that's the... I think in in this world, if you can communicate with people, it's really half the battle and most of the battle. Yes, I I do agree. And communication is something that often comes really easily to a dyslexic person because they rather um, communicate orally than in writing. And so they develop these skills to a higher extent. And it's really really good to have social skills and and speaking skills are extremely important, I feel. So he's doing well in that department. And I think for marketing, this is just as important if he wants to go down, down that road. Because I think marketing is maybe a little bit more creative or maybe he feels drawn to that because of it it's, has more of the uh, creative yeah, application. Of, yes, and a lot of the exercises these had to do have been, you know, encompassing the whole area like, you know, building uh, – Sort of mark. They had to market. They had to design an eco village, and and market that village and design a marketing program for it. So, it was a lot of visual things as well as uh, and and I you know he he got a uh, in Australia. I don't know what you call that, but it's an A. I think it's a distinction in Australia or something. Yes, yes. yes. So he's doing. He's done. In the end, he's found what what sort of, I suppose pushes his buttons <laughs> yes yes the strengths and often that uh, spatial visual um like you said the 3d strength comes in when you develop yep. something that is real and that has got 3d eco village or something like that where you yep. can really put a thought into a 3d world rather than seeing it on a yep. on a piece of paper isn't it yeah mm. What a skill. Well, I'm going to definitely watch that space and watch that boy develop further and further because I think he's just at the beginning. I think just he's remember just... that you're talking to a proud parent. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I know him well. And I mean, yeah. I knew him well from the time. And I just know from experience that they will surprise you more and more the older they get and the more they can actually have the experience as well as the mindset and I think that's where um, a lot of strength comes in when they get more and more confident because they have the experience that shows the people that they can and they are able to do anything better or often very well (laughs) if not better than the rest. Yeah. But going through the Davis method was, I would say, the, the, the massive game changer. Oh, thank you, thank you. And now, now I'm a, a real advocate. I'm not a Davis facilitator. I'm not a Davis facilitator anymore, but I still promote it because I think it was a really, or it is a really valuable journey. And um, I have actually a few Davis facilitators on the podcast because I really am an advocate for it. So, well, I'm, I'm looking forward for myself to working through your program. Uh, oh, I hope you signed up. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to do a bit more self-development, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm so, so happy that you could make it. Thank you so much for your time, Matthew. That's and, my pleasure, Barbara. And we hope that yeah, we watch it and we, we keep tracking that boy and your progress as well. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much, much, Matthew. Thanks, Barbara. Bye-bye.